Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hi to everyone there. I hope you can uh, hear me. Um, you can see I've got a jacket on, but things are getting hot wherever you are. <clears throat> so uh, welcome, welcome uh, here in, uh, in my living room in the freeze state. Now in the state that is free in Jesus, Amen. So welcome there. Um, I just saw a few people jumping on earlier on, uh, on Facebook. So welcome here to some people I saw uh, logging on. So welcome there to our Swiss family. I'm so proud of you guys because you guys are always on time. That's why the Swiss make watches. Alright, so welcome to Claudia and Andy and the family there in uh, uh, Emmental. As well as to D Daniel and Miri and Jade and Yosha there in Ventitude. And um, welcome as well. I saw someone uh, jump on there just now. Welcome to Frank. As well, I saw that's Tina's brother-in-law. Uh, and uh, welcome here with, with this morning. Um, yes, it is Pentecost uh, Day. Um, but like I said, um, we celebrate every day as Pentecost. Um, is there significant things in times and seasons yet? Yes. Uh, when you know the times and seasons, things are significant. So, uh, welcome here to also just the Breakthrough City Church family. Welcome to our friends uh, across the waters and on further up on the continent as well. And um, I'm excited about what God is doing. It's, I'm excited about the testimonies we're busy hearing. And um, I hope the, the internet is, link is fine. So, uh, we've had a bit of things with that. we trying to sort out and get some uh, fiber instead of ADSL. So, uh, praise God, hopefully you can hang on with us. I know our Swiss friends, your things run well. So, bear with us from Africa. It's a far distance, you know. <laughs> so, uh, welcome here. So, I'm going to jump right into this. I will try finish on time. If not, please just hang in there. I believe just this morning, God would want to do something amazing for you. Um, also, I want to tell you that if you trust Him as well for, for a healing, a miracle, um, um, as well as have an expectation for signs and wonders in that, because God confirms His Word through miracle signs and wonders. Alright? You in agreement? So God confirms His Word through miracle signs and wonders. Alright? So it is not just the letter I'm preaching. The Holy Spirit is giving life to the letter of the Word and will give life to you this morning. So receive this word and receive just the impartation this morning. Um, just, a, 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 just some feedback. Um, we've uh, also been getting uh, from our encounter nights and Wednesday nights some feedbacks of, of healings taking place. Words of knowledge, when God reveals something happening presently, um, then God comes and intervenes and uh, we heard some also of, of, of healings taking place. People that had an operation the day before, uh, on Tuesday, uh, uh, they had an operation. They came out, I think on Tuesday, or they came out on Wednesday morning uh, in pain. Also, uh, stomach conditions, um, part of the words of knowledge and that, and the pain and stuff, and it was gone. And they were able to eat, All right? So... That's one of them. There's a few in that. Um, another one as well. I want to encourage you, and I said this before. Um, there's no time and space in the Spirit. Alright? So, um, when the Word goes out, receive it. 
and the atmosphere, what I can experience and experience here, you can experience over there, right there. Because the same spirit that is in me is also in you, the spirit of, of God. Amen. So, um, I think some of the traditional ways we seem to fall in patterns of doing things instead of new technology and being upgraded. This is so important, folks, about how we do and live in the kingdom. Um, we build truth upon truth. But don't get stuck in the truth of yesterday or the revelation of yesterday. You build upon that, truth upon truth. Alright, so this morning, <clears throat> I'm going to, just before I share, I'm going to give you a bit of a testimony. I had an interesting call um, in this week after the encounter night. And uh, it was a person um, who uh, called me and said, listen, I, I want to share. So I might not relate exactly how it went down. I'll summarize and just try to touch on the two things. But... It was just amazing for me, um, you know, they shared and they said, but, you know, I, I shared on, on the encounter night about how there's certain even physical sensations you can experience. So maybe it's warmth, uh, that's many times the Holy Spirit uh, revealing things to you. And I said, well, many times, you know, if I would experience warmth on my hand or that, many times it has to do with healing. God's, it's, it's just an indicator that's the language of the Spirit. So there's an indicator God's leading you to go and do something. So what happened was, um, um, for example, like a sign and a wonder. I mean, we have a rainbow. You know, when did, where did that come from? Well, God said, I'm going to give you, make a promise to you. And I'll put a sign in the skies. It's called the rainbow, guys. So before Noah and them, they hadn't seen that. Right? And after the flood, there's this rainbow. Boom. In the sky. So there's certain things God does in that. Um, and uh, so he reveals himself in different ways. So what happens is, um, part of the word I shared on Wednesday night is that, you know, God would want to encounter you where you are at. And uh, that's why I so appreciate even, you know, people sitting up in Africa, uh, Altina, uh, where that's um, Daniel, Murray, and Andy, and uh, uh, Claudia in Switzerland, the families there, and some people in New Zealand, whatever, wherever you're watching from. The thing is this, is that, you know, I'm so proud of that, that the fact of where, where people, even their first language is not English, that are actually watching this, and God is doing things for them. So I honor you and I thank God what He's doing in your life there. Um, so what happens is, word I share, so sometimes I might share things not, and hopefully um, it becomes clearer for you. So Wednesday night I share a word about the Holy Spirit, and some of you might experience this warmth of His presence. And what happened was, one person phones and they said, well, they listened to it and, and they, they, they went to go sleep and, you know, they, they, they actually couldn't fall asleep because there were certain things that just felt like scripture uh, flooding them. And I think the, the word the whole time was flooding about, I'm the righteousness of the Lord. I'm the righteousness of the Lord. So I think that was what they just felt going through their mind and they were meditating on. And this was early hours of the morning after Wednesday night, encounter night. And so what happened was... Um, the next minute, you know, they said they felt this warmth on their hand and their side and that. And, and, they, and they were reminded about the word that was given earlier in the evening. And um, the next minute, um, the, what happened was they had this, they said they felt like electricity go through their body and continue there. To, for about, uh, they said probably about a minute, just continuously this, this energy of this, this electric, electricity flow that was touching their body while they were lying there. And, um, you know, uh, when they were spoke to me late in the morning, actually, on Thursday morning, they actually said to me, you know, I still feel in my body, you know, 
God is doing something. And I said, but you know, did you experience as a positive thing? They said, yes, yeah, a positive thing in that. Because I say, whatever God does, whatever uh, signs, wonders, miracles, um, there's always fruit. Okay, so you test the fruit. Okay, so, um, but that was quite amazing and encouraging in that. And uh, just to hear that. And it's, you know, it's like I say, so, someone which, which, which you know, is, is trustworthy and um, um, I know, you know, they're really genuine when they share this stuff. So, Anyway, so I thought, let me just share that with you. The reason being is, wherever you are now, just trust God just to come and minister to you. So I might throw this jacket off. I'm already feeling just the presence and, and the heat of the presence of the Holy Spirit. So wherever you are, you know, just interact with God. That's His desire. His desire is to reveal Himself. Jesus left all His glory when He came to earth. He left all His glory in heaven and He came to earth. Then we get a glimpse of it on the Mount of Transfiguration. Because it's a prophetic thing of what is supposed to come to the church. The glory that we see in that mountain was the glory that is supposed to be seen and is busy breaking out on the church. Not any single person, but on the body of Christ. Okay, So there's things that are happening and what you're not looking for, you will not find. Okay, So I'm going to share a word with you. Okay, it's, it's time to take it off. Okay. Must have thrown the jacket at you. <laughs> there it goes. Receive. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, now I'm getting my sleeves up. You better be ready. All right. So, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here. And you're ever present with every person out there. Touch their lives. Touch, the, touch their families in Jesus' name. Amen. So, the word I just want to share even further with you this, this morning is, is, is about being filled with the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and um, remember, uh, whatever I share, in that please, I don't, wanna, I'm not, don't want to knock any whatever or previous moves of God, because every move of God is a step closer to coming into a fullness of where God wants the church to move in. All right. So the thing is, this is that what happened was um, regarding with with Jesus' life. Jesus modeled a certain way of life and a certain way of doing things. And <coughs> excuse me. And the way that Jesus modeled things were he modeled it uh, uh, with a life that was filled with the Holy Spirit. So his life was filled with the Holy Spirit, and being filled with the Holy Spirit, um, what Jesus did is uh, he gave us a command and an invitation for us also to be filled with the Spirit. And I'll get to that now. So the thing is this is that. Um, I've seen over the years that many Christians, many believers experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit um, and they think that is the abundance. Alright? So many times people experience the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and they think that's the abundance. But if, if according to Scripture, um, it is actually a, a, a drought compared to the abundance that God has for us. Alright? So you with me. So sometimes we, we, we think, this is a praise God, Holy Spirit, thank you. But many times, according to Scripture, it actually can be a drought compared to what the outpouring of the Spirit is. Alright, so I'm speaking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And we're on Pentecost today, so um, like I said, every day is supposed to be a Pentecost, and you'll understand why. But we celebrate, it's 50 days after the resurrection. Um, in the upper room, there was the, outpour, the outpouring, the promise of from the Father of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the thing is this, is that um, 
uh, there's different ways people experience things. I've seen and I've experienced this, even my background, um, church background, is that some people who come from more reformed background, you will see when, when the Holy Spirit moves, that, that many times people come from the reformed background will be more, uh, how can I say, more uh, statue-like in the sense of more, uh, 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 I can't find the word, but reserved, more reserved, more feeling in place, whatever, because that's the background. Then you get people who come from the Pentecostal type of churches and that, that, you know, as soon as there is a bit of a breeze of the Holy Spirit, you know, they jump in and shouting and screaming and, you know, that is the background. So many times, just have a look at your background and you'll see many things in your life. The thing is just this, that despite how and whatever your background, if you are hungry and thirsty, God is going to meet you where you are at. Alright, so the thing is this, is that uh, we find many times people which, which become part of this house, part of this congregation, part of this work and this ministry, is that we get people that, are, that come who are hungry and we get people who come to check it out. Alright, and especially if you're a congregation um, in a city, and, and where people hear about miracle signs and wonders and healings. I just posted, a, a, you can look at our church Facebook and my personal one as well, just of a, a healing of a, a, a lady which was a quadruplete, was in a car accident, quadruplete. Um, I just posted, I think yesterday, it was actually two years ago, and literally she's walking again. It was on our front newspapers and national and local newspapers um, about her testimony, what God did for her. So now what I'm saying is, you suddenly get people who come check out what are you doing, what's happening by you. Um, and the thing is this, is that what I do want to say is the people that are touched by God, so those who check out and those who are hungry, the people who are touched by God are those that really are hungry for Him. Um, we had a woman uh, a couple of years ago, we went through to Bethel Church in uh, Reading, California. And uh, while we were there, what happened was... Um, we had a lady with us who came from a different part of uh, South Africa. Uh, uh, it was also more reserved um, background, um, uh, uh, spiritually in that where she had come from, and um, more traditional background. And we were basically went with, and suddenly we started to see the amazing things happening. I mean, like signs in the heavens, literally. Um, miracles, healings, the presence of God. The, it was really awesome. Um, and what happened was, she was very skeptical about a lot of things. And the thing is, what was really just great is that there was this teachability and this openness that, that we experienced even with her. But she was like, you know, that frozen look when it comes to what was happening, what we saw. And uh, some of the things that we stayed in the... Then we were there and then we moved to another... Uh, uh, congregation about an hour and a half south at another church uh, uh, which uh, we also know the people and are connected with Bethel as well and what happened was uh, we stayed in this hotel this group there was about 115 of us that went and uh, what happened was we went we, we came down uh, just before we came downstairs these are the things that I'm trying to picture that this is what was happening and you have someone who's skeptical so we, you know, uh, I go and shower and that, and I'm literally getting out the shower as well. This is not my encounter I had many years ago, but this is a different time. This is stuff that was happening. So I get out the shower, and, um, you know, uh, just before we go, this late afternoon, we're going to go have an evening session, and I want to do refresh, and I got out. What happens in the bathroom, 
written on it. And I say, you know, well, I, this could have happened, that could have happened, people could have done something. Well, they sure could have. Um, the thing is that that was written on the mirror in the bathroom. This is a hotel. Was um, I can't remember the words exactly. It was something like, Jesus loves you or Jesus saves. Something like that. And uh, um, I, I call on Elise. Kind of look here. Yeah, it's written. So the, the heat in that, that fog, this, and then this was clearly written on there. So, you know, whether it's angelic host, whether it's whatever, the thing is, I say, everything points to Jesus. So this is some of the things. As we go out the hotel, so we now we dressed up, go downstairs, waiting for the, the, the transport to come, standing next to another couple, and they're giggling and laughing and stuff, and there's three of them there. And there's this couple, and uh, the next minute, um, they say, well, uh, you know, this guy was just brushing his teeth while we had come down for the evening session, and he, we stand there, and they laugh, and they say, well, look here. Yeah. And he opens his mouth, and he's got two solid gold teeth. Right? No one prayed for that. No one whatever. But what I'm trying to say is that when this started to happen, the person which was really reserved, um, by the end of the time we went back, this woman is sold out completely. And this is what I want to tell you some, you know, about it. If you are hungry, if you're thirsty, you're going to see things in a different way. Alright? You're going to see things in a different way. Alright, so... So sometimes you'll be in a situation, you'll be in a congregation, you might be situated some part in the world, and your response can be different to you. So sometimes God can do a surprising thing like some of these things we see. It's like, wow, okay, this is God, this is surprising, and I experience God in that way. But then there's also times where, other times where, um, when God does things, He does it in seed form. So you might have heard about all these things, and you've received the seed of these testimonies. That is seed form that you receive. Have an expectation because when you hear a testimony, God says, I want to do this again. Alright? The fact that you heard and you received that testimony of what has happened, just like I'm sharing now, God says, I want to do this again. Alright? The other way is that sometimes things come to us when God does things. Sometimes things come to us in the, in the, in the form of a promise. Alright? So when it comes in a form of a promise... Um, what happens is that uh, uh, he, 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 he waits for us um, and to become hungry. So when there's a promise that comes, there's God's waiting for us. Are we getting hungry for more? Alright? So I want to tell you, when you're teachable, that's one thing that's also going to cause a hunger to grow inside you. Because you become childlike. You become like a child. Alright? Um, so, much of the kingdom is available for those who pursue. If you pursue God, the kingdom is available. A lot of us don't realize that when it, the Bible says, wait on the Lord, it is not passive. It's an active positioning of yourself. Alright? It's not like okay, I'm going to wait for this to happen. I actively engage God. I'm pressing in for more. Okay? So, a lot of people say, oh, I want to see that happen. I, I want to tell you something. If you want to see a miracle... Step out in an impossible situation and pray for someone. Do you understand? Well, I shared my part of my testimony when the Lord said when I got saved, He told me, go to the hospital. And you know the funny story, the humorous one, when I pick up the phone, dial triple seven, Lord, what are you saying? Some of you know that story. But the thing is this, is that initially as I was growing, there's things that God had to prompt me in and speak to me clearly. 
But as I grow in maturity about the things of God, there's certain things I step out and do because His Word says that. His nature doesn't change. And when I step out, things happen. Are you with me? So if it's about healing, yeah, I'm waiting to see the miracles. Well, I want to see the impossibility. Well, put yourself and walk into the impossible situation. Someone who's sick, someone in a wheelchair, someone on the streets, that's where you see it happen. The greatest miracles that I've seen is not inside the church building. It is outside the church building. The signs and wonders that I've seen, the greatest ones I've seen is outside the church building. All right? You know, God likes to reveal His splendor. He likes to, if I can say, boast in the sense of, you know what? It's like, look at me. That's not God. God wants to reveal His goodness to mankind. All right? So, um, the thing is, um, what we also need to understand is that Jesus is perfect theology. All right? A lot of us have learned, I've learned theology, I've learned in Hebrew, I've learned the Greek, the original languages, I've learned and, and, and uh, uh, basis of the Word of God. And the thing is just this, is that the fulfillment of the Old Testament is fulfilled in Jesus Christ, okay? So, just check how you interpret the Old Testament. Jesus fulfilled. The Old Testament is a foreshadow of things to come. So, perfect theology is in Jesus Christ. Now, the thing is, when I say that, is that... Jesus is perfect theology. Why? It's because firstly, he modeled. Um, he modeled these things and he displayed these things. So Jesus modeled and he displayed. He didn't just preach about it. You see, we have a lot of people preaching about things, but they don't demonstrate it. Hello? Everyone there? <laughs> so I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. We're on Pentecost Day, but there's a Pentecost life, an outpouring and a refreshing life that God wants us to walk into. So this perfect theology, that if Jesus is perfect theology, we need to understand is that um, with Jesus, there's no separation of the, 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 uh, the idea and the display. Alright? So theology gives you an idea, but it doesn't always display things. So Jesus is perfect theology because... What the idea was, what he was revealing, he also displayed. Amen. Alright, good. So, there was no separation of, of uh, philosophy to heal and practically healing. It wasn't Jesus healed. I, I, I've, guys, I must be honest, for years I've seen this. You know, We hear some message on a Sunday, but we never see the demonstration. And when the pawpaw hits the fan, we don't know how to actually navigate our life. Even like in the times that we're in now. Are you with me? Alright. That's why Jesus is looking for a bride. It is, it is the Christ-likeness and maturity that we're maturing in Christ and becoming like Him. And not just talking like Him, but walking like Him. Alright, so, good. Um, Hebrews chapter 1. Um, the Hebrews chapter 1 basically says is that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father, all right? So Jesus is the exact representation of the Father, and we spoke a number of weeks ago on this about, or months, just check the messages about how Jesus has come to reveal the Father. Jesus says, whatever I speak, uh, that's what I've heard the Father say. Um, whatever uh, I do is what I saw the Father do. So He's the exact representation of the Father. Now I want to encourage you, especially in the time of Pentecost, please understand this. Some of us swing the pendulum one side and one side. The, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. Alright? 
So sometimes you see denominationalism happens where we go in one direction and we go in another direction because we focus more on the spirit. We focus more on the word. We, do you, understand? you know what I'm saying? And, and this is what I'm saying. When we mature in Christ, we actually start to walk like him. Like him. They, we demonstrate his life because the word becomes flesh in us. The word and the spirit always work together. If you get revelation, make sure there's a pattern for it in the word of God. All right. Good. So, when Jesus said, it is better that I go, for the Father will send the promise of the Holy Spirit. Okay? Word of God tells us that. He says, it's better that I go. Think about it. Because the Father is going to send the promise of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And, <coughs> excuse me. And Jesus said, listen, Jesus says this. He says, I will send you another. I will send you another comforter. Alright, so the thing is, is, Jesus uses this word and he says, another, I will send you another, which means exactly the same as me. When he says, I will send you another, he means, I will send you exactly the same as me. That's what he was saying about sending a comforter. Alright, so, you see, and he says, he will dwell in you, right? He will dwell in you. So, the Holy Spirit is the exact representation of who? The Father. The Holy Spirit is exact representation of the Father. Okay. So the, the exact expression of who the Father is, is going to flow through us. It's going to flow through you and me. The exact representation of who the Father is. And I've seen this, and I don't want to go too much sidetrack here, but you'll see people... That have grown up without fathers or fathers uh, involved in their life. They gravitate either to Jesus, the Son of God, or they gravitate just to the Holy Spirit. The father image is disrupted. Alright? Some people have had issues with brothers or sisters. They gravitate more to Holy Spirit or Father, but not to Jesus. Some people that have had traumatic things emotionally sometimes don't go towards Holy Spirit, but towards this Jesus, the Son, and the Father. So there's this thing, and I say we, we, we must understand perfect theology. Jesus reveals the Father. Holy Spirit reveals the Father. Alright? We need to understand we are a planet filled with orphans looking for a Father. That's why Jesus came. And what we reveal is as Christ is revealed in us, who's revealed? Our Father. Amen. His nature. Who is? Because He's only good. He's a good Father. So, Jesus' um, uh, his plan was also just to reveal the Father and the Holy Spirit to reveal the Father in us. So, Jesus models exactly who also the Holy Spirit is. You with me? Jesus also reveals the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is. Okay, so every situation, this is the amazing thing, is that every situation, and we have many situations on earth at the moment, but every situation that um, Jesus walks into is that uh, he brought a redemptive purpose. He brought a solution into that place. So whether the person was blind, he healed the blind. Whether it was a storm, he brought peace to the storm. Okay, so wherever Jesus steps in, he comes, he doesn't avoid the problem. He comes in with a redemptive purpose and situation. 
that's what Jesus does. So, who has the solutions? The church is supposed to have the solution. For politics, business, academia, sciences, media. The church is supposed to have the answer, right? So, you see, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And what happens there? We see death. We see loss. We see destruction. He's present. That's when the enemy comes in. But Jesus comes in, and in every situation, he brings a redemptive answer. Now, in, in 1 John 3, verse 8, it says the following. 1 John 3, verse 8 says, And that Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. Jesus came to destroy the works of the evil one. Are you still with me? Alright, so when Jesus says, be filled with the Spirit, why? He's saying that because being filled with the Holy Spirit is the enabling of us to do exactly that. Alright? To do what 1 John 3 8 says, to destroy the works of the evil one. So the church comes into that. So the Holy Spirit enables us to actually walk in the way that Jesus walked. Are you with me? So some of us, we get offended. And I say, I've seen it over the years, is that, you know, we're offended by certain things in our mind. But God actually reveals a heart through that. I've, 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 you know, I've been so encouraged to hear from our family in that, in, in, even in Switzerland, where they said, but you know, and they, I love it. What I love about them, they're straight and they're honest. And they said, but you know, uh, you know, this thing, I don't like to speak to people out there, whatever. But a lot of us have been built where you must go evangelize. You must speak to people. We get there and we try to tell them about gentle Jesus, meek and mild. But I promise you, my Bible doesn't speak about gentle Jesus, meek and mild. It speaks to me in the book of Revelation. He has eyes of fire. Now I promise you, if you meet Jesus like that, He's not gentle Jesus, meek and mild. So the way we've presented Jesus, we have not demonstrated uh, in love and in power the things of the age to come. And that is revealing Jesus Christ. Okay, so Jesus was sent by the Father to reveal the Father. Okay, this was Jesus' primary function was actually to reveal the Father. Because when Jesus came as Savior, what did He reveal? He revealed the love of the Father for the world. So his primary function was to reveal the Father. And <clears throat> Jesus says, as the Father sent me, I send you. Alright? Jesus said that to you and me. As the Father sent me, now I send you. So if we've been sent what the Father said to Jesus, the same assignment lies on us to reveal the Father. We're there to destroy the works of the evil one. We're there to bring in solutions because of destruction and loss. Okay, Adam and Eve messed up in the beginning. The last Adam, Jesus came, and we have to restore things because the Holy Spirit now empowers empowers us to do that, to reveal the Father. All right. So you know, it's always those things where you know when someone's going to fight you as a kid, yeah, oh, come, come, I'm going to fight. You know, and you're going to fight, and then then it's like I'm going to call my father. Hello. Well, <laughs> we're going to reveal our Father now because we're empowered through the Holy Spirit. So, <clears throat> Jesus is saying, in essence, your privilege in life is actually to reveal who the Father is. In essence, that's what he's saying. So, understand this. It is, in, it is impossible to do this adequately without being filled 
with the Holy Spirit. So this is where I say a lot of us come from certain church backgrounds and some of us have gone in that direction, that direction. The one is based on emotions. The louder you shout, the more the Holy Spirit is there, which is not so. The other people are, are, might be conservative and they hunger for God, but they are more reserved in themselves. Than that. But I mean, I've seen both sides, people step out and, and doing amazing things because they were open for what the Holy Spirit wanted to do. All right. So you, you're with me. So <coughs> God wants to use us, but, but we need to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Um, in Isaiah 61, we've shared it a few times. I want us just to have quickly a look at Isaiah 61 verse 3. Uh, verse 1 and 3 is verse Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 3 we'll do verse 4 in a minute so Isaiah 61 verse 1 says the following the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good things to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prison to those who are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. All right? Trees of righteousness. It also speaks about translations, oaks of righteousness. All right, so... Jesus is basically saying, he's saying that when the Holy Spirit is in me, this is what he's basically saying. He says, when the Holy Spirit is in me, uh, uh, for, is, the Holy Spirit is in me for my sake. But when the Holy Spirit is upon me, it is for your sake. And this is what happens with the Holy Spirit. When you and I are born again, the Spirit of God comes to dwell in us. The Holy Spirit teaches our spirit man how to respond and we grow in maturity. But when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is also on us so that there's an overflow from us and touching the world around us. Alright? So, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, it is always for impact. When the Holy Spirit's on me, it is for impact. Alright? So, it's always to change impossibilities. Do you understand what I'm saying? We are, there's so many wonderful, wonderful Christians out there, certainly churches in whatever churches whatever you want to call them, uh, whether it's charismatic, whatever, Pentecostal, traditional, whatever. Wonderful, wonderful people that God loves. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you have impact. Are you with me? Because you're a large number of members in the church doesn't mean to say you have impact. If you think like that, you think in democracy. So God many times has to remove the crowd away to reveal the gold. He did that with Gideon. He did that with the New Testament church with 12 disciples, he removes the thousands that come for a meal because they get offended. So God many times sifts things. And God is busy sifting in the body right now. I posted a thing recently. God is sifting in the body right now. And um, um, it's why. Because what Jesus wants to reveal cannot be adulterated. It cannot be mixed with this and mixed with that. All right? So God is busy also with the sifting process right now in the body. Um, so, uh, what we see here is that Jesus, um, uh, Jesus comes and, and the Holy Spirit comes upon us. It, it, you know, th there's this impact that starts to happen in possibilities. Now, just understand this: is that 
when Jesus is, is explaining here about the poor that are in prison, he's explaining about the captives, he's explaining about the, 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 the bound, he explains about, and, and what he says, he says, he's here to fix those that are in these situations, right? So Jesus says, I want to fix these situations that people are in. Now, in Isaiah 61 verse 3, when the trees of righteousness, or trees of, or oats of righteousness, um, it speaks about the broken, the broken become oaks of righteousness. The broken. So oaks of righteousness is the goal, alright, of the Lord for a broken world. God wants to restore people to become trees, strong trees of righteousness for what? For a broken world. Because, you see, Jesus champ, uh, champions the most broken because when God works through the most broken, He actually receives the most glory. Because people realize it's not in themselves. Alright? So, in verse 4 here, it says, They, they, the broken people that God has restored, they shall rebuild the cities. That's in verse 4. So, the most broken people end up rebuilding cities. Why? You see, I want to say this is very important. If we don't get broken people healed, we don't rebuild cities. And I've seen this over the years. More and more people, they get a touch of the Holy Spirit. They get healed in certain areas, but they're not matured to walk in certain levels. And when that happens, you have the sons of Sceva. You get results when you go out in the name of Jesus. But one day you get a hiding. Alright? You know about the story about the sons of Sceva. Alright, so this is important in that. So just because we get results, know your time. And, and that's why God wants to heal us. He wants to restore us. Why? Because when you're restored and healed, being impacted by what God is doing, then we can change cities. Alright, so the healing and the restoration only happens with those that are filled with the Holy Spirit. Those that have been healed, and those that are filled with the Holy Spirit. I, honestly, I've seen enough anointed people that the devil has also used. Alright? So, just because your gift is strong, make sure your life in Christ is also strong. Alright, so, healing and restoration only happen with those that are filled with the Holy Spirit. So, it goes about a relational thing. It's a relational thing, relationship with God, with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, with the Son, relationship with the body and in the body. Okay, verse 4 says, rebuilding cities, okay, rebuilding of the cities in verse 4, Isaiah 61, speaks about how the target of God was rebuilding of cities. This is what he wanted to do. And he wanted to rebuild cities by filling people with the Spirit of God. So when we fill with the Spirit of God, we can rebuild towns, villages, cities, nations. Amen? So, um... You know, if, you, if you're going to speak to someone who's addicted, guess what? They're going to be set free. Um, when you start to share certain things with people, they get the breakthroughs. You see, it starts with Jesus who, who comes and, and you say, Lord, Jesus, come baptize me. Come fill me with your spirit. Because Jesus is the one who baptizes you with the spirit. All right? So it starts with Jesus. Come baptize me. Come fill me. And I want to tell you, I shared, I think it was an encounter night. Even this, I saw this happen with my mother. She was sitting alone. And I told her the whole story against that from time-wise. And how the Holy Spirit baptized her. And she became an influence in the community. 
All right? She was sitting alone, but the Bible says, those who hunger and thirst for me. All right? So, there is conditional. If you hunger and thirst, that's what you're going to receive. You're going to receive a baptism and an infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, um, some of us think when I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, we'll now speak in tongues, in spiritual language. That's great. But you see, speaking in tongues is many times the shoreline of the river of God. You with me? Good. I'm glad you're with me. I'm hopefully looking in the spirit and seeing your faces. So <laughs> I will pause on those moments. Okay. So um, the thing is, is that many people uh, uh, basically stop short of a, uh, a divine encounter. Why? Because they're satisfied with some good theology. So I, I've seen this. I, I've seen it where, you know, like some people will hear this good theology. Wow. Woo, this answers all these questions I have. Woo. Wonderful, wonderful. I walk away there. And this was a thing in my own life as well. Just by the way, this is where I got my own personal breakthrough because I thought, well, if you know this and this revelation and that revelation. But I came to a place where I realized, Lord, it doesn't help having all of this. I want more. So good theology always will lead you to an encounter. Don't stop at just good theology. All right. So, is there power coming forth from your life that sets captives free? You can sit, have you seen this? People who have brilliant theology. But they don't have power to see people set free. They don't have power to heal the sick. They don't have power to, to uh, see, see the miraculous break out. Why? Because they have a good understanding of the Word of God. And they can sit and speak to you and speak you dead. And then the others have to raise you from the dead. Alright, so um, that, that's where also in my own life I was. Um, so praise God. God has also worked in my life in this. And I want to say, don't be satisfied with just speaking people to death. Demonstrate in power. And that's why the Holy Spirit has come. People are tired of all the theologies without a demonstration. So theology is important. The Word of God and the Spirit work together. It's not just the Spirit of God alone. I said inspiration without design is inaccuracy. The Word and the Spirit always work together. If the Holy Spirit's telling you to do certain things, He will confirm from the Word of God this is the pattern of doing the things. That is good apostolic doctrine, if you want to see it. It has... Good foundational truth with the application demonstrating God. Amen. That's why these miracle signs and wonders will follow the preaching of the word. It's not just the theology, it's the demonstration. Because of being filled in this, in this by the Spirit of God. Okay, good. So the, the, the fullness of the Spirit of God is measured by impact. And when I say impact, it is not the amount of people that you have in your congregation. It is the influence that causes culture and people and nations and towns and villages to change. Are you with me? There's power to do that. People experience the living God because of the Holy Spirit in you. So Acts chapter 2. Um, we all know Acts chapter 2. Especially today. On the day of Pentecost. But Acts chapter 2. Um, is that the Bible speaks about how they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They're all filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, but I want to show you something. Acts chapter 4. And uh, we can maybe just turn there to Acts chapter 4. 
and and you'll see what it says here, um, which is quite amazing. Um, so I'll maybe read one or two scriptures here. <coughs> Excuse me. But in Acts chapter four, the same thing happens that happened in Acts chapter two. So please understand this. Acts chapter two. The Father sent the promise of the Holy Spirit, and He manifested, and He came down on earth and manifested through us. Alright. There's the same experience that happens in Acts chapter 4. Now remember what the scholars tell us this time period between Acts chapter 2 uh, to Acts chapter 4 is a period of between 2 to 5 years. Period. Time. Just by the way. It wasn't everything. was not the next day. Alright, so this is this period between two to five years, um, what scholars tell us regarding this time period from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit to Acts chapter 4. And what is interesting, the same thing happens again. So, um, and, and we, we, basically we have the same people that are in Acts chapter 2, by the way. The same people from Acts chapter 2, and what happens, they impacted, and they rocked again by the Holy Spirit, and... Uh, well, why does it happen? What's the point? You see, the thing is, we are leaking vessels. So you might have encountered and experienced God, and I've said this over and over. I can't live in my encounters and my experience from 29 years ago, or 15 years ago, or a week ago, or yesterday. I need to be filled and be filled constantly by the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? So this is where we see it, is that, that, that um, God has invited us into an ongoing infilling of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And this is, this, is, uh, this is so necessary for us to demonstrate the Father. This constant infilling. So some people say, yes, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And like I said, now speaking tongues, it's wonderful. But speaking in tongues is only the shoreline of the river of God that's flowing. There's more. There's more. There's more. It's not how you start. In your Christian walk. It's how you finish. is always an important thing in life. Alright. So. We see here that. That it's not possible. To adequately display. The love of God. Without the power of God. You hear me what I'm saying. We cannot display the love of God. Without the power of God. I can't just go to people and say. Well you know Jesus loves you. And, and, and just the. Love and power work together. It's not just the power either. Just understand it. So, love is core to demonstrate power. So, I can't just go to someone and say, you know, I know you're sick and that, but Jesus loves you very much. I need to reveal the love of God also in power. Alright? The other side of the coin, some people, you see the power and miracles, but they're so hard. And I say, no, 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 you demonstrate power in love. Very important. That's what Jesus did. He was God himself. But he didn't come and say, this and all the glories. No, no, no. He came, moved by the Holy Spirit. In the same pattern, he's the pattern son. He sets a pattern for the sons and daughters of God, for us, to walk in. Being filled by the Spirit, he was moved by the Spirit. Okay, so that's what he demonstrated. He modeled a life for us as well, the same to follow. So, listen to this. Um, please hear me right. We have people in our church 
and we do this. We have people specifically designated that give and help with the poor, and especially in these times that we're in, we have, we, I mean, you know, family, you, you guys have been praying, and I know these contributions have been coming with food and finances and how we're helping with people and that. So please hear me right when I say this. So the thing is, we, we honestly, we try putting, we sow a lot, uh, finances, food to uh, people who don't have, especially in this time. So what is important is this, is that, um, is that you know, we can many times give to, to poor people and, um, and, and people, especially in the times that we, of, of people that are hungry. But understand this as well. Without power, those people still stay bound. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So we do this. This is the thing of the, the, how the Word of God is balanced. Is that we do we do practical, but I, I can. The, Jesus is the poor is always going to be with us. You do realize that. So we give to the poor, but I've got to get the captive free as well. I can feed his stomach. His tummy can be full, but he's still bound in his ways. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I hope you hear my heart as well in this, please. All right. So the, the the belly might be full, but but you know what? They're still addicted to something. They're still stuck in some area of their life, and uh, and they're still broken in that area of their life. Okay, good. So God has given everyone the ability to. This is just another area. It's like you know, God comes and He gives us uh, uh, even ability to create wealth. Alright, he's given everyone, for instance, this ability. So what happens is that um, he gives the ability and uh, to create wealth, for instance, and then he reveals the purpose why to create wealth. Okay, so the, the, the thing about abundance, abundance is always measured in, uh, in what you have given away, not what you have. I don't know if you realize that abundance is always measured in what you give away, not what you have. All right. So uh, Jesus sets a good example in that. <laughs> All right. So um, the fullness of Holy, of the Holy Spirit is measured by the overflow, and not by what you and I have. Amen. The measure of the overflow of the Holy Spirit is not just what you and I have. Well, I'm having my wonderful time, and that's awesome with the Lord. I'm busy there, and praise God. That's awesome. But what you and I have is measured by our overflow. That is why all of us, you know, some people say, but I'm called for intercession. Well, that's wonderful. We're all called to intercede. Well, the, some people say, I'm called as an evangelist. Well, the Word of God says, all do, all do the work of evangelists. Well, some say, I'm called to you know, prophesy. Well, all can prophesy. Do, do you understand? There's an overflow, but sometimes our gift creates the box of our security. That's why let's just walk like Jesus did. Wherever He went, miracles, signs, wonders, and healings took place. People got set free. Are you with me? So where there's overflow, there's outflow, there's power, there's impact. So I'm going to pray for you also shortly, just as well, just again, a refreshing and an infilling of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to do that. But I hope you're catching on to what I'm saying here. Um, um, let me just read this Acts chapter 4, verse 31. Just to show you, Acts chapter 4, verse 31. It says here, 
And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with all boldness. And now, verse 32, now the multitude of those who, who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did any say that any of things, or, or neither did anyone say they, that any of them, the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And when and with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. And you can actually read about this, about even the finances in the New Testament church. New Testament church. So, here's this place of this overflow, there's outflow. I want to tell you something, don't tell me you give to the Lord. You see, some people don't understand this. For someone who has a lot of resources and they give, that is easy. Some people who have, that, that, that's, that's easy to give. But someone who has, has a lot of resources, that has to give a lot. That a lot of people who have a lot of resources don't know how to give out of sacrifice. They know how to give out of abundance. Some people who don't have any resources know how to give out of uh, a sacrifice because they don't know the abundance. So this is just the other side as well. This is New Testament. The way they saw, and I'm so thankful for people even in Breakthrough City Church, and I know even our family and friends abroad, I know your hearts are so awesome when it comes to this, so bless you guys. But I'm speaking about this overflow because of the inflow and the overflow of the Holy Spirit in your life. Okay, so I'll say again, the fullness of the Holy Spirit is measured by the overflow and not by what you have. So the kingdom is not always about what I contain, but it is about what I release. Alright? So, um, you know, it's, it's like this. And I want to just also start ending off here. Is that, um, how do you know that a child is, is, is not well? How do you know that a child is not well? All parents will know that. You know that a child is not well when, um, when they're not eating. Isn't that so? So when a child is not eating, what happens is they are not hungry. They are not well. Isn't that so? So the absence of hunger reveals that all things are not right. Are you with me? And this is the thing you and I need to understand. And, and unfortunately people take it and they, they reflect upon one another that many times God will offend my mind. To actually reveal my heart. Why? Because I need a change of my heart. So I can change the what I believe. And when I change what I believe, then I behave in a different way. Alright? So, I want to tell you, if you're thirsty and you're hungry, that um, I want to pray for you as well now. And um, like I said, I can only pray with you. Jesus is the one who baptizes you in your spirit. But... The Bible speaks about that we'll be full daily with the Spirit of God. Alright? It's not just once upon a time. It's continually be filled with the Spirit of God. Because God's called us to rebuild families, rebuild cities, rebuild towns. And we can't represent Him accurately by just speaking about Jesus. We've got to walk the talk. We've got to demonstrate in power and love. 
And that is why the Holy Spirit has come. That we can reveal the Father. Because there's a Father that doesn't want to see captives. He doesn't want to see people in prison. He doesn't want to see people that are sick. He doesn't want to see people that are bound. Are you with me? Let's not just fill the bellies. Let's see people delivered and getting the breakthroughs. Amen. So, that you would go and ask uh, Holy Spirit just to fill you completely. So, I want to just pray with you right now. If you just stretch out your hands. I want to pray for you. And uh, I want to say this is a daily walk with the Lord. So, Father, I want to just pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Where there's no time and space in the Spirit right now. I want to pray for everyone watching and everyone who's going to watch afterwards. That your presence would just come upon them. Holy Spirit, that you would come fill us afresh again today. Even on this Pentecost day, Lord. That we'd see the nations shaking because of your glory and your presence. That governments will be restored. Nations will be restored. Families will be restored. Bodies will be restored. Systems of this world will come in line with the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I just release just your presence right now with people watching. I pray even for miracles, healings, signs and wonders right now in people's bodies. People in their minds to be set free. Emotional healing, restoration in the name of Jesus Christ. Overflow. Come on, Spirit. Just overflow. Just touch the people around us today. Lord, that we'll step out. Let your kingdom come. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord. Amen. Amen.